Hey, Top Fans, Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here. We've got an interesting one tonight. There's been so much going on in the transaction world of baseball that we decided to put a little podcast together. Now, stupid me, I reached out to everybody, and everybody said, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And I forgot that it was St. Patrick's Day, the day that everybody is Irish. So in the evening, there's not, you know, a lot of people willing to talk baseball. Um, and as one person has already referenced, you may or may not hear different things because it's a little later on the East Coast already. So I'm excited about that. Let's talk baseball transactions. We have Sarah, Thomas, and Dave in the clubhouse tonight. Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself real quick, uh, your your team, and a little bit about you. Sure. So for those that are going to be watching this on YouTube, I'm obviously a very dedicated Mets fan. I'm sporting as much as I possibly can. And it's a big night for the orange and blue because our lovely hockey family beat the Rangers tonight. And from my previous podcast, a top fan, you know that if you are a Mets fan, you better be an Islander fan. Um, but I am born and raised on Long Island, been a Mets fan my whole life and have loved being part of the top fan community. Awesome. Thank you, Thomas. Tell us about you. All right. All right, I'm Thomas Brown. I am from Georgia, about three and a half hours south of Atlanta, from Valdosta, Georgia, but I've been a lifetime Braves fan. First game was back in 1994, I believe, when I was two years old. Uh, I was alive for the last time the Braves won the World Series, other than this past year being the defending World Series champs. I'm looking at you, Sarah. Don't know if you were old enough to be alive for the last time the Mets won the World Series, but yeah, that's just it. I'm new to the uh, top fan community, but I'm loving it so far. Loving being here. Thank you. Well, enjoy it while you can, because you're getting real close to being out. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, I just sold the company to Sarah, apparently. (laughs) Dave, go for it. So um, I'm in Phoenix, but I grew up in Chicago, a lifelong Southside White Sox fan. Um, but I can bring a little perspective to the National League West because I follow the uh, Diamondbacks as well here locally. Um, so um, just enjoy being here and enjoy talking to the top fan community. Thank you. Thank you. And Dave's, Dave's been a supporter since day one. He, he's got written articles that are up. Um, he's done a podcast. He's done uh, YouTubes with us. He's just fantastic. And he's got a wealth of knowledge that um, he brings – when you're watching a game with him, he brings that level of perspective that a lot of us top fans bring. We'll text back and forth between when the Angels are here playing the White Sox. And he's like, oh, I don't like this matchup and things. It's it's a lot of fun. I enjoy, I enjoy doing it. Um, all right, top fans, it's time to talk transactions. So a lot has been happening. Let's let's move around the, the diamond backwards this time. So Dave, uh, a couple of transactions that you saw that that have happened recently or, you know, during this off season prior to the lockout that regardless if they work out or not, what have you seen? And, and what do you think? Hey, the Diamondbacks got Ian Kennedy back. We're going to the world series. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my perspective on the Diamondbacks. That's it. I'm done. Um, White Sox, you know, we lost Carlos Rodon, which was, uh, I think everyone predicted um, the guy's, He's a great pitcher, and from what everything I know, he's a great guy. Would have loved to have kept him, but um, he hasn't been able to stay on the field and stay healthy. So I think forty-four million from the Giants is a little steep. 
Um, and the White Sox are ready because they can slide Michael Kopech into that spot and uh, lengthen him out and hopefully get some innings out of him, which means that they brought Joe Kelly in to, uh, to take Kopech's spot in the bullpen. So it's not a, not a bad place to be when you've got Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly, Craig Kimbrell, and Liam Hendricks in your bullpen. Um, yeah, so if we can get if we can get the game to the sixth or seventh inning, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, Dave, you're going to love Joe Kelly. He's going to become a, a random fan favorite more so than than you anticipated. Um, well, and do. especially since we played the Astros in the playoffs last year, and you know <laughs> that could certainly happen again. So, um, so yeah, Joe Kelly and, and Graveman are the biggest the bigger signings for us. Um, and, uh, you know, what I think on the White Sox side, they, they need a right fielder. Um, we also got Josh Harrison. Um, I love Jay Hay about four or five years ago. I'm not so sure he's the same guy now, but I guess we're going to give that a shot. Um, to me, we have too many utility guys on the infield. We need, we need a guy to call second base home that's uh, a little more high end. Um, but I know in the outfield, they've got um, – uh, Cespedes's brother, Yoelki, who is in camp now and hit a bomb against the Cubs today. So, um, those Cuban guys come over a little older, a little bit more mature. So at least from the baseball side, so they may be thinking of sliding him in there. I'm not sure, but, um, I'd like to see Conforto or Castellanos in right field. That would make me feel better. Yeah. And that's, those are conversations that when we talk about who's next or who's left, those are, yeah. Um, good, good call. Uh, Thomas, tell me about the, uh, tell me about the Braves or tell me about some free agent signings that you noticed that, that uh, kind of you're paying attention to. Gotcha. So I'll start off with the Braves, of course, because I am a big Atlanta Braves fan. Um, Braves did not get Freddie Freeman, but I saw that happening. Freddie wanted to, set his family up for the future. He wanted that long contract. He wanted that six years, and the Braves just weren't budging on that. So they had their number. Freddie had his number, just didn't match up. So they wanted to make sure they got their plan B locked up with the Braves. So that's how we got Matt Olson. Matt Olson was getting a lot of pull from the um, – excuse me, from – the Toronto uh, Blue Jays is getting a lot of pull from the New York Yankees. The Braves wanted to make sure they were good and set and had an all-star first baseman, whether that be Olsen, whether that be Freeman, and they didn't want to just keep dragging their feet waiting for Freeman. So they locked up Olsen. And then later on that day, they ended up getting Eddie Rosario back, Mr. NLCS MVP. So I was loving to see that. That solidified our outfield. And we I don't know about – how everyone else feels, but I feel, feel like we have one of the strongest lineups offensively in the entire major leagues. We have Ozzy Albies that's going to lead off at least until Acuna comes back. We have Matt Olson, we have Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna, Duvall, Rosario, Dansby, Darno, and then Guillermo Heredia. That is a strong lineup. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of holes that you can find in that lineup. So they're just going to keep pushing. They're going to keep getting better. Then, of course, nobody wants to give us any love. So we're not projected to win the division again, even though we're the fourth-time division um, defending uh, division champs right now. So we're just going to stay in our underdog role and just going to keep surprising everyone until we get to that fifth division streak, until we get to 14 strike like we did before. You know, and it was interesting, Thomas and I were texting today, and I was surprised to hear this, Thomas, but then 
I saw your perspective of it, right? And I, you know, I, it was kind of a Freddie Freeman thing. How you feeling about it? And and your response was, "Hey, listen, I'm excited about the future," which mm-hmm. I would have thought maybe some people would be moping around, but but no, it sounds like the the fans of Udon, you brought a hometown boy back in. You let a hometown mm-hmm. boy go back to his hometown. So, yep. you know, win-win all around. So, And if you look at their numbers, they're almost like carbon copies of each other, but just five, six years younger. So I like where we are. I like the future for the Braves. There you go. I know, Sarah, you don't like the future for the Braves, but tell me about the Mets. Tell me about acquisitions <laughs> there. Well, one thing I do want to mention, I, I think it's always beautiful, no matter what the team is or who the team is, I should say, when people can – finish their careers home. Yeah. That is like in any sport, right? Because, or if you're, if you were a long time player for one team and you know, you, you left free agency, whatever it might've been, and you know, you're going to retire. Let's say you're with that team for so long and you get to retire that one game. Those moments are so special for the fans. So just a side note, but you know, in typical Mets fashion, or I think what the Mets have kind of become known for in recent years, we're just going to keep finding the best pitchers and we're going to hold them forever and we're not going to let them go. And no one else is going to be able to pitch a single game in baseball. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. You, you and, guys have- you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see Bassett play. I think he kind of fits the mold of a New York Met. He he definitely has the energy of a Met in the sense that, like, you can tell he practices hard on and off the field. He's definitely a team guy, which is big for the Mets because there's definitely a brotherhood on that team. And with our, our core pitching unit, all the pitchers are always very close. And they work very hard together. I think these two guys coming in, it's big shoes to fill. But I think on personality and skill set, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic. And I'm kind of excited to see it, considering also the new leadership coming in. To me, the pitchers kind of, they set the tone. So you have new management, new new pitchers, really eager players. I think it's a recipe for success. There you go. There you go. I like that. You know, Sarah, your team... Dave, you know who the Mets remind me of with DeGrom and Scherzer? They remind me of the 2001 um, Diamondbacks with Schilling and Johnson. If DeGrom and, um, and Scherzer can pitch the way that Randy and, and Kurt did, the, the Mets could be a force to be reckoned with. They could be. Now, um, you know, the playoffs getting extended to 14 teams and you know, all these different things, you need a little bit more, but doesn't just on paper, Dave, don't, don't those two starters just kind of remind you of what the old one Diamondbacks look like just a little bit. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling are wildly different personalities. So I think that's probably the same with DeGrom and Scherzer. Um, I think they're going to love Scherzer. Um, I, I actually had a chance to meet him. Um, back in November when we were visiting a certain college in a certain state south of Kentucky. And, um, and uh, he's a great guy. So they're going to love him. Um, the one thing that gives me pause about the Mets signings is Starling Marte. There's a reason that guy hasn't found a home and that he's bounced around teams here. And 
I hope he has a good season, but he's the one I'd be watching with a very, very suspicious eye to make sure that you get your value there. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're saying this and obviously it's two weeks, three, two and a half weeks before the season starts. I mean, if we talked Dodgers, I could talk on paper of a potential similar to 1927 murders row with everybody that you have in that lineup, but everybody's got to stay healthy. They got to play. They're going to have to, I mean, Mookie Betts isn't going to hit four home runs and in four games off Scherzer and, and DeGrom or go into Atlanta and be able to, to swipe three bags. And it's just all kinds of dynamic there. So, so yeah. So Thomas, I'm going to bounce the next question to you. Okay. Um, who do you think, or how do you think your acquisitions this, um, this off season have helped the Braves or do you think they haven't, how did they impact you as a Braves fan? I actually feel like this next season of 2022, we have a stronger team than we did in 2021. If you look at our numbers, we were not a good team until mid-August, September. We were barely over 500, but we just got hot when it when we needed to. We finished the season hot. We went into the playoffs hot. We just got hot right when we needed to. But when you look at the core of the team, how young these players are, they have youth with their stardom. They have youth with how, how good they're doing in the season. Like Austin Riley finally came into his own last year, and – He's barely 25, 26 years old. Austin Riley is going to be that next guy that steps up and possibly taking that Freddie Freeman role and being a leader and being able to lead us into the future. But uh, I did see this one super crazy fact today that when you look at the contracts for Acuna, Ozzy Albies, when you look at the contract for Austin Riley, and then our new first baseman, Matt Olson, all four of their contracts for 2022 combined are still less than what the Mets are paying Scherzer. So he's a great pitcher, but I don't think I want to pay one person the same amount that I can get all four of these All-Stars, and all four of them will be All-Stars this year. I'd much rather have four people rather than just one star pitcher, and he is a star pitcher, but I'm not really that afraid of him. We've played him so many times when he was with the Nationals. We're, We're used to it. We're ready for it. Yeah. Sarah, uh, I'll let you – same question, or you can respond to Thomas if you'd like on that, but how does it impact your team? I mean, first of all, the digs tonight, Thomas. <laughs> I mean, like, were you upset that you weren't part of the last episode? Like, do you feel like you were slighted? I like, feel like I the Mets say- against the Braves, I should have been there. But, I, like, I that's been not a big thing. <laughs> I didn't say who I wanted to talk against. Be mad at Bill. Yeah, be mad at me. That's right. I was I was looking forward to chatting, but no, you're coming in hot, my man. Anyway, <laughs> let me just get my hat back on. Pose yourself. Yes. <laughs> no, like I said, I mean, I think as a Mets fan, you kind of have very level-headed expectations. You know, last season alone. I thought there was no way we weren't making it to the World Series. Are you kidding? I mean, we were hot. And then, bloop. And it was like, okay, one game. It's fine. Two games. Three, five. What? How do we go from number one to who are they? So going into this season with all the change I kind of just talked about, 
I only have positivity for it. I think in typical Mets fashion, just don't get injured and we'll be fine. (laughs) True. That's true. That's true. Um, And Sarah, you bring up a good point. And Thomas, you bring up a, a really good point. I, during our predictions episode that we did last year that Dave was on, I predicted the Braves to win that division last year because I just didn't see how the Mets had enough pitching, so to speak. Uh, Syndergaard was still hurt and all kinds of stuff. And then the Mets came out hot, and I felt stupid. And like you say, Thomas, the Braves, like, waited until three days before the end of the season to start turning into high gear. I'm exaggerating, but when you guys hit the high gear and when Acuna went out in Miami, I thought, okay, you guys are done. Okay. Moving on. This is the Mets division now, but for Mm -hmm. some reason you guys turned it on and you got hot at the right time. Um, And usually that works in hockey or other sports. It doesn't always work in baseball because there's so many playoff games um, Mm -hmm. and there's so many games, but you guys just got hot at the right time. And Sarah's right. The Mets, it was kind of theirs to lose at one point. And they went from, hey, we're in first place to battling Miami just to get some TV time. And so, so but this this year it's going to be fun. That's for sure. Between the three of uh, between those two teams and and the other team that's that's close to you, Sarah, that that other team that we won't mention here because I don't want you to throw anything at your screen. Um, You mean the people that stay and hang out in the Bronx? No, the ones that are the city of. Oh, the one, I don't know what you're talking. That team doesn't exist. Okay, all right, perfect. That's what Dave says about the Cubs. But Dave, what do you, how do you think the impact is for your uh, for your White Sox? Their their pickups and the impact for your team. Yeah, they're not done. So we we still need some help at second base, most likely right field, and uh, Craig Kimbrell is probably still going to get traded. But um, I don't know if there's any takers out there for that contract. But um, I think, you know, we're going to be in good shape. A lot of young guys that are still growing into their careers. There's a lot of upside in at least half of that roster. Um, Guys that are 25 years old and under. So we haven't seen their best yet. So that's where where I'm hanging my hat right there. Um, I'd love to see Trevor's story. I'd love to see Conforto or Castellanos. I don't know that that's going to happen. The... um... We'll talk about Trevor's story when we talk about who's left, but I think you guys might be on that short list for that. Um, do you guys still have uh, Yasmani? Grandal, yes, we do. Yes, okay. we do. We're pretty set at catcher. Like I said, you know, I mean, at pretty much every position set, um, you know, they've got a couple. They probably have three or four options of guys they can rotate through the outfield. You know, Andrew Vaughn, um, uh you know, they're going to bring up Cespedes probably. Um, they've got the lefty whose name escapes me now, but uh, he's a good player. Jake Berger's out there. A lot of young, young guys. So Louis Robert. Um, Louis Robert's going to play center field. Yeah. So uh, a lot of upside. Robert, I think, is still, what is he, 23, 24? I mean, he's still three or four years from his prime, which is crazy. If and for, for those of you that are listening to this or, or Thomas and Sarah, if you don't, if you're not watching the White Sox um, because they're not in your division, Yasmani Grandal, that catcher, is a Jorge Posada, but a little bit more fine-tuned. Um, bats from both sides of the plate, 
uh, he'll go out there and give you 140 games. Um, he played for the Dodgers for a while. I hated to see him go, but he's just that catcher that you just like him. He's just that kind of great. Dave, am I talking right here? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Gavin Sheets is who I was talking about. Great lefty okay. hitter. Um, so there's a lot of options there. I think, um, you know, just from, I don't have anyone to spar with here, so I'm going to spar with myself, but um, <laughs> you know, Marcus Stroman is definitely not the answer for Wrigley field. Um, we, they signed the guy from Japan, you know, that jury's out, but a five-year deal, pretty steep, you know, and then we get to the Goodwill store and they're picking up, uh, Jonathan Villar and, uh, I forget who else they picked up. I just laugh. I laugh and laugh and laugh. Uh, Simmons. They picked up Simmons. Simmons. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know who I that is. I remember Simba. Yeah. Yeah. He well, he's played, a former uh, Brave. Well, and all the Braves. Cubs. All the Cubs fans, all the Cubs fans are hanging out, you know, a few weeks ago saying, yeah, we're going to get Baez. We're going to get Rizzo. We're going to get Bryant. We're going to get the band back together. I'm just, they're just, they're delusional as usual. The, um, uh, by the way, speaking of sparring, Dave, you almost had your, your buddy Rob on tonight, um, but he had a family commitment. So you almost had your buddy Rob on. Um, Okay. So now uh, let's go to biggest winners and losers. Uh, Sarah, your turn to start off. So, um, you know, from from a perspective of other teams, obviously you don't feel like your team lost in this, but from a baseball perspective, tell me your who you think your biggest winners and losers are. Obviously the Mets, you feel, made some good deals. Yeah, but, I mean. But, go ahead. I don't know. The A's are probably pissed. <laughs> you probably? Yeah, yeah, they're probably not so happy. I would, I would say they're probably the biggest losers in the situation. Um, that that probably has to be my vote. I, I don't think there's really anyone that's kind of suffered as much as them. Um, you know, I think as a fan of a team that went through a rebuilding phase, you really do question the ownership, um, where money's actually going. My loving advice to them is stay strong. Stay strong. All right. It'll be a rough year, but stay strong. Be a, be a lean year. Dave, who's our winners and losers this year in the free agent world? I'm just looking up and down your free agent tracker, and I think, um, you know, the Rangers made a couple of really nice pickups, Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. Um, and there's a couple others here further down the list. John Gray is a good pitcher from the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would call them in the winner's column for sure. Um, you know, the A's, the only thing about the A's is they really don't have any fans. That's why they're trying to move out of Oakland. But um, it's a predictable cycle for them, almost like the Marlins. Everybody knows every five or six years they go through this. Not, not to make it justified but it's predictable um you know i think um i think the one of the biggest losers is still on the board and and if the astros don't sign carlos correa they're going to be in a world of hurt i don't think there's anyone left that can stomach that contract that will sign him mm-hmm. the yankees the dodgers the, the deep pockets are are all done at that position yeah yeah it's uh I, I think you're right there. I absolutely think you're right. 
Um, Thomas, what do you think? Uh, who do you think uh, biggest winners and losers? I'm going to go biggest winner, and I'm going north of the border to Toronto. And in that signing with Matt Chapman, they have a strong lineup. I'm looking at the projected lineup now. They have um, Matt Chapman projected as batting sixth in the lineup. That's a strong bat at six. And they have projected three, excuse me, four 30-plus homers guys in their lineup. And then when you look at their pitching staff, they have Kevin Gossman. They got Hindu uh, Re. Ryu. Excuse me for oh, Ryu. Ryu can never pronounce his name correctly, but they have three, four, uh, 10, 11 plus win uh, pitchers projected. I think, I think Toronto Blue Jays are the team to look at in the American League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw a couple of teams out that we didn't talk about about biggest losers. And I, I agree with you. I think that Toronto's got some things going. Obviously, on the winning side, um, all three of your teams, I think, did well. I think picking up Freddie Freeman, one through nine for the Dodgers, we have everybody that's been into an all-star game. And we have four Mm -hmm. MVP. But forget that for a second. Let's talk biggest losers for a second. First loser, I think, is is the A's, unfortunately. And like you said, Dave, it's kind of predictable. Um, They may be the Las Las Vegas A's here pretty quick, from what I understand. That's part of the cards in there. Or Montreal A's, that might even be a, a part of the cards. Um, I think the Cincinnati Reds single-handedly dismembered themselves. Um, and I had heard from funny. a high school that was coach. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was good. That was yeah. Funny. Single-handedly, I think, just dismembered themselves. I, I, I heard from a high school coach that um, Castellanos in India, Jonathan India, were working out at his field. Um, and that, you know, maybe Castellanos was – considering going back to the rate or uh, reds, but that's not an option anymore. Um, I also think, believe it or not, I actually also think Colorado goes into that, that bigger losers column, because here's what I don't understand. And the three of you help me out, Dave, I, this, I'm going to speak your language here for a second. The Rockies get rid of Nolan Arenado because they don't want this huge contract. They're not signing Trevor story again. Right. And now what do they do? They go back and they get a big contract. Right. So makes it zero sense. Position. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like, whoops, we made a mistake. We can't have Nolan back. But it, tell me that we're not make, repeating the cycle. It just makes zero sense. And my first comment was that Chris Bryant really isn't worried about playing in October. He's worried about a contract because he's never see October. Yeah. That makes yeah. zero sense to me. Why don't you why don't you keep your guys? Arenado and Story were are really, really good players, but they were never able to build a team around them. Uh, exactly right. That's exactly right. It's all about and and see Chris Chris Bryant, I, Dave, Sarah, Sarah was doing show me the money. I, I I think Chris Bryant right now is just saying, hey, give me the money because I'm at the end of my career. I'll take that big contract. I don't need to play in October. You know, I don't mind if it's a little yeah. cold here in Colorado. Um, you know what the other part of it is, is he's going to hit a ton of home runs in that thin air and mm-hmm. he's not going to finish that contract there. They're yeah. going to trade him just like they traded Arenado three or four years into it. Mm-hmm. And Predicting Nolan it right here. Younger than him. That's what I don't get. Nolan Arenado is younger than him and hasn't had injuries like Chris Bryant. I, that contract makes zero sense to me whatsoever. But I stop me if I'm wrong, boys and girls. But no, 
He, he just, won't be there for three seasons tops is my prediction. Yeah. And the other, the other two, uh, the other two teams that I don't understand are, are maybe in the losers column. That's hard to say that. I don't understand what the Diamondbacks are doing because they're not really doing much. Dave in your neck of the woods. I don't understand what the angels are doing. <laughs> it just, they signed Thor. We don't know if Thor's going to be, if he's going to be Thor, if he's going to be Noah, first of all, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, that's great. But if you can't pitch, it doesn't matter if you score four runs a game if you give up five. Yeah, and yeah st- they, pick, they picked up a nice reliever today. Ryan Tapero was really good for us. They're going to be happy about that. Um, the Diamondbacks, I think, are in year two or three-ish of their mini rebuild, and they're waiting for all of their their young guys to come up and play and start making a difference. So – um, we'll see if that plays out or not. Yeah. I That's... actually am intrigued to see what happens with Syndergaard over there. Yeah. Only because, like, not from the sense of, like, I, I miss him. I really couldn't care less. But I am curious if a, such a different environment will impact his game because he loved being in New York, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. He liked to party. He liked to go out. He liked being a celebrity. I do think that affected his game negatively. Because let's be realistic, you're an athlete. Like you probably shouldn't be out drinking all the time. So I'm wondering if post-surgery, post-injury, different type of environment, how is that gonna affect him? Like, is it I would hope more positively, but as someone that's seen him growing his like playing career i'm intrigued yeah and there's places in in orange county where he could be that guy but not nearly like new york i mean half of orange county shuts down at at 10 o'clock at night i mean the town that i live in sarah i live 15 minutes from the stadium from anaheim stadium and it is almost eight o'clock here local time and restaurants are starting to shut down Bars are starting to shut down on a Thursday night. Well, maybe not for uh, St. Patrick's Day, but on a normal Thursday. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a good call. Good call. So that'll be fun. Um, okay, Dave, lead us off in the last question. Who's left? Where do they go? You're on mute. I think Carlos Correa's got a sign with Houston. I don't think there's anyone left. I don't think he's got a lot of leverage right now. Uh, Trevor story, you know, again, there's the shortstop. I'm not sure who's got deep pockets that needs a shortstop. Um, I'd love to see him slide over to second base for the white Sox If that, if that's doable, but I don't know how realistic that is. Same with Castellanos. I'd like to slide him into right field in, uh, in our, in our, in our stadium. Beyond that, Kenley Jansen still unsigned. Um, that's a tough sell. He's probably wanting a lot of money and, I'm not sure that he's worth it. And Conforto, those are your big ones. And, um, you know, what's been interesting to me, I don't know about you folks, is, you know, you opened up, I don't know, 14, 15 DH jobs with that settlement. And you're watching a bunch of these guys with a bunch more people after them, like uh, Nelson Cruz and Jock Peterson and Solar. So, you know, you're going to throw a couple of these guys into that pool, not that Conforto or Castellanos are a DH yet, but you know, 
a, a National League team might be able to fit them in now when they couldn't before. Yeah. Jock Peterson going to the Giants makes no sense to me. Um, but, you know, what? however that plays itself out. Sarah, I'm going to have you wrap us up with this same question, so I'm going to go to Thomas next. Uh, he had a lot of the big names already, but I'm going to see – Somebody like Solaire, Mr. World Series MVP, he's going to end up just wasting this year. Someone like Miami Marlins is going to pick him up because they just got rid of Jeter. They're going to try to start making some moves to stay relevant. They're going to try their hardest to stay relevant just to be in the news because they're not going to have any fans in the stands. So they're going to sign a big-name person like Solaire just to put people in the stands, and it's not really going to do anything for his career to help him out. So he'll be there for one to two years maybe, and then he'll go somewhere else. But it's just a, a speed bump and a roll for somebody like him. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, what do you think, sir? Um, well, you know, it's funny because I didn't even think about what the Marlins might do because of losing Jeter. So it's actually very interesting. I, I so that kind of threw me off guard because I good call on that one, Thomas. I'm giving you a compliment. I don't know if you Braves fans know what that is when you are respectful <laughs> to someone. We have such hospitality. I understand it. <laughs> um, no, I'm curious who's going to pick up Conforto. That's something I've been wondering for a while. Um, you know, it's it's interesting right now because I feel like as fans, we're still just so thankful to be having a season. And then Breezy kind of just like sprung up on us that it's just kind of enjoyable to still watch what's going to be going on. And we're going to blank and the season is going to be here. So... I mean, let's just yeah. play ball, boys. Let's have some fun. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think some of these deals aren't going to get done until probably April. Mm-hmm. Until teams see where they're at. You know, they're they're weeks behind kind of seeing who showed up, what kind of shape they're in, um, and where their holes are. Yeah. Yeah. No. So the rumor mill, you mentioned two two names, and Thomas, I think you nailed it perfectly with Solaire. I think he's going to end up wasting himself in Kansas City or Miami or someplace that he doesn't belong. Um, But you guys mentioned actually three names. First of all, Kenley Jansen. The rumor mill out here is Kenley does not want to take a hometown discount. He wants a three- to four-year deal, and he's looking for much, much more than what he he should go after. Blake Trinan has been a closer. He was lights out last season. Um, Yasmani – or – uh, Rustal Gratterall um, is lights out too. So I think he's overcooking his grits a bit, trying to go after some stuff. Michael Conforto was offered a short-term deal with the Mets and he's looking for a uh, longer term, Sarah. He's like holding out for a, a five-year or so deal. Which is why I'm so interested in it. Cause like I said, fans love it when players come back. Right. And if he played well, hello, like, yeah. Again, I'm curious what's going on inside his brain and what his plan is going to be. I have no problem with him coming back. I would love to see him in our beautiful orange and blue and rocking it and kicking some butt. But if he doesn't want to, well, that's his problem. There you go. The other one, um, there was a rumor on the street, and I, I wasn't able to verify it, but it was actually from um, – an insider to baseball. I can't remember who put it up on Twitter, 
but there was a verbal offer made to Carlos Correa. And again, I haven't been able to solidify it yet for 10 years, 300 million by the Baltimore Orioles. And that, if that becomes true and that contract happens, that's the worst thing the Orioles can do. Yeah. You know, barring, you know, letting uh, Brady, uh, Brady Anderson run the club when, you know, he was playing I, that too much money, too long of a deal for a team that right now is not as relevant as they need to be. So, yeah, I mean, how, how do you, how do you tackle that contract? You don't, I mean, 300 million is a huge contract to tackle and an Oriole. No, that that would sink that franchise for the next ten years. They'll never build a team around them. Yeah, it'll be Manny, Manny Machado all over again. That's exactly the problem, right? And and not that I, I'm not I'm using this term in jest, kind of cheek, but Carlos Correa is still kind of public enemy number one to baseball fans outside of Houston because he just kind of like, oh, we cheated. Who cares? Big deal. Move on, right? So I don't know that you really want to take that on as a club anyways, but I, again, this is another guy I think that's overcooking his grits, boys and girls, because I think he doesn't realize, maybe he does, maybe his people are telling him, but by April 7th, by gosh, by next week, he needs to be in a uniform someplace working out. Because if you're yeah. going to give this guy 25 plus million and what he's asking for per year, they don't want him showing up on April 5th out of shape. And then, you know, going two for 27 to, to start the season out, all because he was in contract negotiation. Nobody you would kind of hope that. that all these guys have been watching their figures yeah. staying in shape throughout this time. Like, it's also one of the risks you have when you can't get to an agreement, you're not working mm-hmm. out. Like, yep. There's so many issues that from the, the stupidity of this being a business and like us even all talking about it, like it just, it still like irritates me. Like why is there so much risk right now? Oh, because you guys couldn't agree for months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dave knows this. I said this to Dave, Dave and I were sitting at a baseball game in LA at a college in LA um, and they were watching this kid and they had, you have professional scouts here, you had college scouts there. And I told Dave this, and, and I will go to my grave saying this. I love baseball. I absolutely disdain the business of baseball. Because it. I think it just sucks the life out of the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all of us, Sarah, you included, we used to play this game until the streetlights came on in our backyards or whatever, right? And we weren't talking about $300 million. Um, And so I just, the, the business of baseball just drives me I think uh, I think my thought to come back from that is I agree 100%, but I also think it is a perfect segue to get people to watch college baseball uh-huh. and yeah. to, um, to find a couple of colleges you identify with and, and get to some games because you got kids there playing for the love of the game. They're playing for, you know, maybe to get drafted or, uh, you know, to, to make it to the next level. They're hungry. Um, and I'll tell you what, um, I'll plug uh, University of Tennessee. Those guys play a fun, fun, 100% all-out brand of baseball. And SEC play starts this weekend. Yep. Yep. He, uh, 
Yes, 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 yes. I enjoyed, um, while the lockout was on, I enjoyed the games down in Houston, the tournament down in Houston with LSU, mm-hmm. with Texas, with Tennessee. Um, a lot of good, a lot of good players that are still playing for the love of the game. So that's awesome. Watch college baseball. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, top fans, as you can tell, we've got some passion tonight. I love it. We're going to, there's going to be a couple of rivalry shows that we're going to have on here pretty quick. Um, some of them have already been uh, planned and are going to be executed here soon. Some of them are still in the planning phases, but I'm grateful for Sarah and for Thomas and for Dave coming on tonight. All three of you talking free agency, talking transactions. There's just been so much going on that it was worth having this tonight. In fact, we're normally I would tell you when we would launch this, which would be in about a week and a half because we've got others. But this one's actually going to launch in a day. Someone's actually going to launch in a day and a half because um, there's some stuff that we've talked about here that is just, you guys are great. So thank you so much, Sarah, for being on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you for having me. And Dave, as as usual, thanks for being on. Top fans, uh, feel free to give us uh, any of your follow-ups, any questions that you have, any comments. Um, you're welcome to reach us on Instagram at Top Fan Rivalry. Uh, send us a message if you've got a question or if you want to be on a podcast or if you think that there's something that you want to say, or you can email us at topfanrivalry at gmail.com. So look forward to having everybody on again. This has been fun. Have a good night.